Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 33 this week, and holy crap, yet again, we will be focusing again on the Vancouver Canucks because they had yet another massive splash this week. You probably heard about it, but we'll dive into that in just a moment. Going to be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Calgary Flames are in timeout because they, they very much so upset me, and... What else do I want? I want to do a grading on one of the, possibly two of the divisions this week. We'll do a little bit of a, a mid-season, mid-season grading, even though we're a little bit past the, the mid-season point. But now's a good time to stop and uh, kind of take a look at everybody in the league and see how everybody's doing. And we'll give them a grade because that's fun. So, and uh, hold on, what else do I want? I want to talk about... Some young players that have been emerging, or I guess just one. And we're going to talk about something that's um, been going around this week out of Philadelphia, and it's just a little bit disappointing, so we'll have to talk about that. And of course, your Leafs. I'm pretty sure I already said that, but alright, let's just get into it. So, the Vancouver Canucks have made a massive trade this week with the New York Islanders. So, oh my goodness, if you haven't heard about this, well, you're about to hear about it, so... Bo Horvat goes to the New York Islanders and the Vancouver Canucks receive forward Anthony Bolivier, forward Aturati, and a 2023 first round pick, which is, I believe it is top 12 protected. So let's discuss this trade. So everyone, pretty much right out of the bat, I'll just say that Islanders... As of today, this week, they win this trade, they got the better player, and it's going to make their team better today. So, as of today, the New York Islanders win this trade. Now, as it goes to, let's see where it goes in about a year or two, and Vancouver could come out with a, with a huge win out of this. But, let's discuss the New York Islanders side of this trade. So, what are they getting out of Bo Horvat? I mean, he's kind of checkmarking a lot of the things that the Islanders have been struggling with this season. So one of the big kind of underlining things that the Islanders have been struggling with is face-offs. They have been, or at least Matthew Barzell, man, like he is a fantastically gifted, talented forward, uh, amazing playmaker, very just uh, creative on the ice and uh, he is a center and he is a terrible face-off man oh my goodness go look at his stats he's he's not a good face-off man and you know it's really it, it really is important to win face-offs I mean me as a Leaf fan I've been watching the Toronto Maple Leafs for a long time and for a while now they've been one of the better face-off teams and it really does help because especially with the Leafs and I'm going to make this about the Leafs because that's the thing but you look at some of the more dominant teams over the last few years, at least regular season-wise. I'll say regular season because the Leafs have not dominated in the playoffs. I know this. I know I'm very aware of this. <clears throat> but they have been one of the better face-off teams in the league for the last quite a while, man. I'd say like, I don't know, what, four or five years or something. Austin Matthews is a fantastic face-off man. John Tavares is a fantastic face-off man. David Camp. You get you get it, and then on top of that, the Leafs also have like an abundance of their wingers that can also take faceoffs. So yes, they uh, they take a lot of uh, importance is winning faceoffs, and it, and it is really important, man. It, it really is, especially when it comes down to the final minutes of a game and you're holding on to a one goal lead. You want to get that faceoff win and get the puck out or something like that, and yeah. So the Islanders have a major problem with that, at least with Matthew Barzal. So 
that is going to immensely help out uh, the Islanders because Bo Horvat is one of the better faceoff men in the league. He is very, very good at taking faceoffs. So that I think may be like underline like underneath one of the better things that they're going to get out of Bo Horvat is starting to win a lot more faceoffs than they normally did. Now I don't know if this means that. Bo Horvat is going to come in, be the center, and they move Barzell to the wing, or if they'll be able to uh, get Barzell on some better opportunities to win faceoffs, so he's not taking on the top line centers all the time, or another team's best faceoff man, because yeah, he gets exposed out there, and you know he's been in the league for a little bit now, and and usually you see that progression with faceoffs a little bit by now. Like Matthews has just kind of become one of the better guys and he started out pretty good, but yeah, he's increased he's gotten a lot better since he first entered the league. So haven't really seen that with, with Barzell. So maybe they can move him to the wing or you just keep uh you keep those two and and but that'll be a lot of fun. That's gonna be a lot of fun to see where everything's going to line up. But regardless, you are getting a fantastic faceoff man. So that is a huge bonus bonus bon- what the hell did i just say right there i have no idea but and on obviously on top of that they're getting the goal scoring that bo horvat has had this season now i am a little bit concerned about that because of the track record of bo horvat yes this season he is having an unreal like he's just dominating in goals especially like earlier on in the season he was i don't, I don't think he's still in that top three in goal scoring right now in the nhl but he he was up there. He was like second place for a long time. And yeah, he's definitely cooled off a little bit there. That's for sure. But regardless, he's a solid goal scorer. I don't I don't I don't think he'll get back to that pace that he had at the beginning. He might. He might he might if he can hook up with Barzell or something like that. But obviously, yes, you're gonna get some goal scoring out of Bo Horvat and the Islanders, uh, if you haven't heard, are in desperate, desperate need of some goal scoring, so that will hopefully help out, I just don't know how, like, I don't think it's gonna be, like, it's gonna fix that problem with just Bo Horvat, I think there's more than likely you're gonna need a little bit more goal scoring to fully and completely fix that problem, we'll have to just wait and see, but Regardless, Bo Horvat's going to bring in some offense, so that's really good. He can bring in some leadership as well. I mean, he was the he's the captain, and I guess he was the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. So he's got some leadership ability. That's always good. And the big question is going to be, well, is the like he's on an expiring contract, well known, and are the Islanders going to look to get him locked in for a, a long term deal? And I think that should. That's going to be a thing. Like I, I believe that the Islanders are going to get Bo Horvat signed. I don't think that's going to be much of a problem for them. Uh, you got Lou up there, and I feel like they're more than likely like with him going to have to deal with Lou Lamorello now. I think it's you're going to get a better contract. I think he's going to be able to, you know, kind of Lou his way into convincing Bo to take a little bit less money because. He'll probably come and like, hey, come on, man. I don't know if that's what Lou sounds like, but hey, come on, man. Like, you're having a fantastic year, but look at all your previous track record. Like, I'm not going to pay you for this one season. I'll give you a bonus, but I'm not going to pay you like a player that produces this way. But if he does, per se, get into the lineup and start lighting it the fuck up, you know, some guys are late bloomers. Like, look at Nazem Kadri. He had his best season of all time, and he's in his he's in his 30s now so that's it happens sometimes some guy sometimes guys can find it a little later on in their career I mean look at Brad Marchand man like he was good and then he got like he got hooked up with Crosby in the Olympics and then all of a sudden Brad Marchand is like ultra elite 
offensive guy in the NHL. And I was just like, what the hell was that? Like, I always thought Brad Marchand was like a third line, second line guy. And then all of a sudden gets the Crosby dust and he's been incredible ever since. And that took, he was like, I don't know what, 26, 27 years old when he started hitting that real good stride. So who knows that that is there, but a nice change of scenery for Bo Horvat. He's going into a completely different market. I mean, you're going, I mean, the Islanders fans can be rabid, but they're, they're pretty content right now with the new building and some recent success in the playoffs. And, um, yeah, and now they get Bo Horvat, so so that's going to help. So I think he's going to be going into at least for now a much nicer, calmer market uh, with with the New York Islanders fans. They could be. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think it's safe to say that it's going to be a nicer environment than it is over there in Vancouver right now. So I doubt we'll, we might very well hear like if there was truly a divide. So there's there's been rumors and and speculations and rumor and innuendo, if you will. That there was and maybe is a divide in the Vancouver Canucks locker room. And some people believe that one half of that side is Bo Horvat, the other side being JT Miller. So, as it is right now, Bo Horvat was way easier to trade, has a lot more value as it is right now. And JT Miller, yeah, I mean, he's putting up points, but yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with what's going on with JT Miller's season. So, but uh, once we talk more about the Vancouver Canucks, I'll, I'll discuss what uh, what can kind of shake the... What, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm looking over at my producer that doesn't exist. Okay, well, we'll move on from that. So, Bo Horvat, I mean, goddamn, it's going to, without question, inject some some offense into the Islanders' uh, off, or, uh, lineup. They are losing a, a roster player on their on their squad. They lost Bolivier. But if you, he was having a really, really rough season. So more than likely, it's, it could play out good for him as well. Uh, that being Bolivier, maybe a change of scenery for him. That's oh, that's used so much in in hockey. But you know, it's pretty decent. Like I can compare it to like at my job. Like it's a big factory, and sometimes you do different jobs, and that's basically like a minor change of scenery. And it and it's nice. Like sometimes you get stuck at doing a a job there for a really long time you're like oh and then just spending one day doing something else it's just like oh that man that time flew by i had a oh yeah that was great so maybe something like yeah there's definitely uh that is definitely a thing but yeah i think i think for sure bull horvad should definitely get a rejuvenation from getting out of that vancouver market so i am hoping and with the break coming up i think i don't know if he is going to the all-star break now so what is he an islander going to the all-star break i don't know how that works but yeah i think i think we should see a shot out of like out of a cannon bull horvat uh Hopefully, anyway, I really hope so, man, because I'm a I'm a fan of Bo Horvat, and I feel for you, Vancouver Canucks fans, because this I can only imagine. I I understand, man. Like I damn near cried when when the Leafs traded Phil Kessel away. Like even though I knew I knew it was it was coming, I knew it was the right thing to do, and all that stuff. It still hurt. It still really, really, really hurt, and it still hurts. It still hurts that I don't get to watch Phil Kessel all the time. Cause he's my he's my he's my boy. So. Vancouver Canucks fans, I do feel for you. That I know you lost one of uh, a sole player over there. You just lost your captain, for God's sake. So yeah, that, that definitely stings. But you know, it. I know it's it's you don't really want to hear it right now, but it was the right thing to do, y'all. It was the right thing to do. I mean, this may not have had to happen if some better decisions were made in prior Vancouver Canucks trades, signings, so on and so forth. Maybe if they didn't re-sign J.T. Miller. 
it could have been a reversed role this this time around. Maybe they'd be trading JT Miller and had Bo Horvat resigned instead. So I definitely would have preferred that for the Canucks fans because just it just seems that Bo Horvat is, is a better guy to have in your organization over JT Miller right now. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a very interesting future for both of these teams. Um We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. So let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks side of this. So they gain a first round pick in this draft. So that's wicked. That's really good because this draft is deep as fuck. But it is top 12 protected. So if it doesn't work out for the Islanders and they don't get to make the playoffs and their pick goes down into 12 or lower, then the Vancouver Canucks, sadly, it'll get pushed to next year. And I believe that that would be a fully unprotected pick. But from what I'm hearing next year's draft not this upcoming one but 2024 draft is supposed to be fairly weak so uh you know it's it's been said before but we'll see but all we know we know for a fact that this one is supposed to be ultra mega super ultra mega super i'll say it twice okay stacked just fucking stacked right so even if that pick ends up being 15 16 something like that they could still get a quality player as long as you could you gotta you gotta have good drafting so you could probably find a good chance of getting a a roster player at least with that pick so that's good and i think it's really good that they got a pick this year because i feel like that may be kind of hard to acquire from teams and it's fairly risky for the islanders it's it's definitely a risk but they at least protected it so that's good they add Anthony Bolivier, like I said, with the change of scenery. Yes, he was having a pretty rough season over there, but maybe that change of scenery. I know it, it's a little scary. I I, I don't know. I, I imagine he's may not feeling may not be feeling like really happy about going to Vancouver right now, but he might also like it because there are some pretty cool players over there. I mean, potentially he could play with Elias Peterson or or well, I guess Bo Horvat's not there, but. What I wanted to talk about with Vancouver and their lineup situation now that Bo Horvat is out, there's a good chance that JT Miller will go back to playing as center. And he was playing, well, okay, let's say offensively last year, he was playing really, really good at center. So good chance that JT goes back to center. He could be centering with Bolivier or Bolivier could go up with uh, with Pedersen. So that's a pretty decent one-two punch when it comes to centers. So that's that's something. Um, I don't know. I don't think that... I don't think Vancouver's going to get better out of this trade. I mean, clearly they just lost like one of their best scorers and kind of two-way players right there. So... But who knows? They're they're doing really bad. But this should increase their chances at getting a better pick uh, of their own with their own draft pick as, as long as they continue to keep playing the way that they are. And I, it's very, very good chance that more players are going to be traded off of this team. I'm looking at you, Luke Shen. I would love for you to return home, even though I know you don't probably want to, understandably, understandably. But uh, it'd be nice. So Vancouver more than likely will make more trades to make the team uh, a little bit worse. Uh, but... You know, on top. I mean, we'll get. Well, there's there's more Vancouver Canucks stuff. So they get Atu Ratti, and um, I recall this guy uh, quite vividly going through that draft because he was one of the ones that fell quite a bit, if I do remember, in the draft. I believe he was supposed to be quite a higher end first round pick, and he fell really, really far down. And I remember the Islanders picking them up, and I was like, oh, there you go. That could be one of the steals of the draft, and. Um, 
He's got a really short track record. He's played like 12 games in the NHL. Doesn't really have a whole lot to talk about because he's young. He just got drafted. So very good. It all comes down to developing this player and all of that stuff. So it's way too early to judge what this player could be. I'm just going on based off of the potential that when he was drafted, he had a he had a high stock, but that stock, like he was just one of those players that just kept falling, falling, falling. So We'll see. Maybe with that, the addition of getting traded to a new market, that could add more motivation for this player to do something. And uh, yeah, he would definitely fit in a younger player in what would be, I would well, right now they're calling it a retool, but younger player, he could have a good chance of getting a better opportunity in the Vancouver Canucks lineup over a team, the Islanders, that are uh, still trying to compete for a playoff spot. So coaches would be less willing to take a chance on a young player when they could just put in a veteran that he kind of knows more or less what he's getting but so i think the aturati is a it's a pretty good pickup and then okay well we talked about bolivia so yeah they get those three pieces and i don't know the water it doesn't seem a really good reaction from the vancouver canucks fans they obviously they feel like they should have gotten more I feel like it's a pretty decent haul. I, I think it's a decent haul. It's not like an, an amazing haul, but I don't think they got ripped off. I think it just comes down to how it goes on their end. They got to develop some of these players. They got to see if they can get something out of Olivier with a change of scenery, maybe get him with some new new um, line pairings, and we'll see how it goes with him. I can see him doing some damage down, down this stretch. At least, I would imagine he's going to do at least better than he was doing with the Islanders this season, so... And, you know, I feel like he had a pretty good opportunity over there in the island, and it was just a little bit too inconsistent with Bolivier. But I think it's a it's a decent haul, so I think it works out for both teams. I mean, the Islanders are getting a player that is going to add a lot of benefits to a lot of their weaknesses, so it's good for the Islanders. They give up a first-round pick, which is risky. They protected it, which is good, so... They're willing to do that, and clearly it appears that Lou believes in his team, and a lot of ridicule and whatnot is going towards Lou for not doing anything in the offseason, and I think I think it's not that he, he didn't do anything, he just didn't get any everyone else just they just kind of decided not to come to his team so it's not that he didn't try to he didn't do anything it's just nothing kind of worked out he didn't get the players that he was after but he was definitely hunting after some of these players um so at least he got Bo Horvat and I think I really like the idea I think Bo Horvat is a it's it's good I think he's gonna look really nice in an Islanders jersey I think he's gonna fit in there pretty good it would have been a lot better if they still had trots and and doing the trots thing over there because I think they should have just stuck with him and I understand that change of scenery that that's just a very popular word with the NHL but yeah, man, I think it's a good trade for both teams right now. Yes, I'd say obviously the Islanders win it today. They'll super win it today if they can also get them under uh, with a with an extension. But within who knows, like five years, we could be looking at Atu Rati as a top six player. That first round pick that they get this year could also turn into a top six player, maybe a top four, top two defenseman or something like that. Maybe they draft a goalie with that, and then who knows? Maybe Bolivier can find it and become a nice top nine bottom like top six forward get some effective maybe 15 maybe he can get back to that 20 or maybe he can find that potential that he always kind of we all everybody wanted with him in the islander be like a 25 maybe a 30 goal scorer so there's potential here with this trade i know it's uh not exactly it's 
You're not, like Vancouver wasn't going to win this trade today. It's not they weren't looking like I think they got everything that they wanted. They got the roster player, they got a prospect, and they got a first round pick. So honestly, I wouldn't be all that upset other than the fact that you just lost your captain and one of the more liked and obviously better players on the team, but like I said, you know, it was it was a hard pill to swallow when the Leafs did it, but it had to be done, man. It really did. It just had to be done. <coughs> Excuse me. Who knows? This could this could be the move that leads to the Canucks getting Connor Bedard. Maybe it's just enough that they lose just enough games to fall into that lottery, and then they fucking win it, and then you get Connor Bedard, and then boom, shaka laka, Vancouver Canucks win that trade basically because. If Borhovet stuck around and they ended up giving him an extension for no reason, say they give him another extension, and and then it falls like it doesn't he doesn't get it back next year. He really drops off and he goes back to that 50, 55 point player. And then if you're paying him nine million dollars, who the hell's going to take that? So it could be risky for the Islanders. I just think that the like I said, I think the Islanders will be able to re-sign him at a better price than what Vancouver would be able to do. You got a really tough GM over there and Lou. And uh, yeah, so I, th- I think it's a good trade for everybody. I-, I like it for both sides. But you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer, Vancouver fans, before you figure you find out if that's going to play out pretty good or not. So Vancouver Canucks fans, you're going to have to just wait. Islanders fans, congrats. You, pr- I think you basically got the biggest fish, right? Like who else? Who's the other? Well, I guess you got Tarasenko. But yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that um, the Islanders got the biggest fish in the trade deadline. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe someone bigger gets traded. We'll we'll see. But good job with the Islanders. You know, it's something that their fans and their team needed. So it's good. And uh, it'll be very good. It, I mean, it won't be nice. It won't be good if, let's just say, worst case, Ontario, Islanders don't get them re-signed and they don't make the playoffs. And this just becomes a pure rental and you give up all those assets and you didn't even make the playoffs. Then it's a fucking disaster for the Islanders. So they got their big thing is to get them re-signed, which I feel really strongly that they'll be able to do. So, yeah, I like that trade. I like it. So the other weird thing that Vancouver did was they did re-sign they re-signed Kuzmenko for basically what Bo Horvat was making, but for two years. So re-signed him for two years, $5.5 million per season. And I mean, yeah, it's fine. So clearly they would have gotten more assets if they traded him this season with that with that um very low contract that he has this season. It would have been a lot easier for him to move it. But that's still a very movable contract uh, for next season, especially if you can keep it up. If you've got a point-per-game player and he's only making $5.5 million, that's a movable contract. So with the offseason, hopefully teams will be a little bit smarter with their money, leave a little bit on the side, don't spend right up to the penny, and leave a little bit of room to play with. Uh, a guy like that could be acquired quite easily from a few teams in next year's offseason. So, and on top of that, you know, Vancouver's going to need some people in their lineup. So, who knows who else is going to go? Uh, Brock Bester could go. I highly doubt that Quinn Hughes, Pedersen. I know there's talks that Demko is going to be maybe looked at, but I just. I refuse to believe that. I think that would just be incredibly stupid to uh, to just give up on Demko right now. But if I don't know if the right if the right fucking offer comes around, I mean maybe why not? But 
Well, I know it doesn't come off as like necessarily the smartest move for Vancouver to re-sign him like right now as they're going into a rebuild, but I think it's a movable contract. They can even move that in the summertime. It, it they're just yeah, and apparently he likes to play there. He kind of wanted to be there. It, it's working for him right now, so you might as well keep him. I'm fine with that. He's pretty young. It's a fairly risk-free well not risk-free but not that risky of a deal it's short it's only two years so i'm fine with that i'm fine with it i think it's a, an okay signing it's a lot smarter than them re-signing bo horvat for nine nine and a half million dollars because i don't know man i just there's there's just it's just happens so many times when players have they have their career years on the final year of a contract and you re-sign them for big money and then you don't that he's just not that player anymore i mean just a lot of things fell into place that year teammates realized like well let's try and get this guy some extra money or something and you know so i'm looking at nasim kadri well i mean nasim kadri's fairly paid but you we i knew without like there's no way he was going to put up the numbers that he was doing over there in colorado it just it just wasn't going to happen i mean he's played so long and it, it was so great to see him put up those numbers but i just it just wasn't going to be there with with calgary this year maybe next year but that's just another year older for kadri so Yes, the Kuzmenko signing, I'm okay with it. It's it's movable, it's flexible. I think they'll be okay with that. Uh, and we're, I'm still not done with Vancouver shit. This is unbelievable. But there is even more bad news with Vancouver. So Ilya Mikheyev is, is, is going to be out for the rest of the season. Ugh, bless his soul. He's been good, man. Like, he has been good for Vancouver. Sadly, he's been dealing with a lot of injury problems in and out of the lineup. But when he has been in there, he's been a good little player. He's been pretty much what... We saw with him in Toronto. He's just a feisty little player. He can put the puck in the net. But I'm personally, like, no offense to Ilya Mikheyev. I'm just happy that the Leafs moved on from him because there's no way that they were paying him that money. There's just no way. Like, it was, it's going to be one of, like, uh, like on top of the injury risk, the not that long of a track record, and him kind of just finding his offense right at that final season. So I felt that was one of the smarter things that, he could have done is to move on from him because that price was just way too high for them for uh McKayev to pay from the Leafs but sadly he's done for the season so let's just hope he can regroup find that game again next year and just stay freaking healthy Ilya McKayev because oh man he was a good player man I liked I liked Soupy when he was here he was a good time and of course so Rick Tockett has taken over as the coach now, so he's behind the bench, and he's, what, 1-1 one one now? Got lit the fuck up in his first game, and then they beat Seattle the next game. So, yeah, it's not really much to gauge with that kind of situation. Uh, maybe you would have expected them to win big their first game and then maybe get dominated by Seattle, but it kind of went the other way. So, I don't know. I guess so far, so good. I don't expect it to be, like a Bruce Boudreaux situation when he came in and everything just became really good. I think more or less this is just going to stay the same or possibly get a little bit worse, especially get worse once they start losing more of their players. But um, yeah, he came out, Rick Tocchet came out and called the team soft. And I mean, yeah, you know, you got to come in there and establish dominance. You got to do your coach thing. So I'm not upset about it. I think it's the right it's kind of the right call and maybe he means soft as like two-way play maybe he's kind of directing that to more uh towards um what, what's his fucking name jt miller because he doesn't play a 200 foot game he is all about the offense and you know peterson has even stepped up big this year on his two-way game so yeah you're I, I, eventually they're gonna have to try and buy into a system hopefully a defensive system 
and you got to try and do everything that you can to get JT Miller at least somewhat engaged in the 200-foot game somehow, some way, because that guy's going to be there for a long time, and I don't know who the hell's going to take that guy on. And it's too many years left on that deal for Vancouver to really retain on that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting for the Vancouver Canucks going onward. Speaking of very interesting, uh, Gary Bettman came out and claims that uh, players and teams don't tank, which um, is just outrageous. I mean, uh, of course they do. Of course they do. Um, GMs, GMs definitely, like, it's, it's maybe the players and the coaches aren't, like, clearly because they're trying to keep their job, but... GMs will, they sign, look at what Chicago's done. They've just stripped that team bare, whether it's good or bad. Like, I still question the the trading of Kirby Doc. I don't understand that one. Still such a young player with so much potential. And look at him over there in, in Montreal. Like, he's doing just dandy over there. So, things like that is is a little bit weird. But, I mean, they, they would love to have Connor Bedard. So, yes, obviously, teams will tank. The players... And coaches won't admit that because they will lose their jobs if they say something like that. It will not go over well in the media if Matthews came out and said, oh yeah, we want to lose this game tonight because we want to get Connor Bedard or something. Like, that's just whoever says that. That's not going to go over well with the media. And then your coach is going to get pissed and that's going to just, everyone's going to get pissed. But to say that teams don't tank is kind of ridiculous. Like, yeah, teams, especially in a, in a draft like this, like, as long as you get into that top five and you get into that lottery spot, you're pretty much guaranteed a very good elite player or possibly the generational talent of Bedard so yeah a lot of teams are quite compelled and we haven't seen teams kind of fail this hard since the Matthews draft where the Leafs clearly were tanking but they did it in a really like respectable way where they were most for the most part competitive they lost a lot of games and they were what the best last place team of team of all time so they tanked perfectly. You could not have tanked in a more in a more perfect way than the Leafs did that season, and they got Matthews. And arguably, they could have and should have had McDavid the year before. And we will not talk about that. But regardless, uh, yes, Gary. Of course, teams do that. That's an outrage. You're silly. And well, I mean, he's just a silly man that says a lot of silly things. All right. Speaking of silly things that people have said, so there's a bit of a controversy going around. The league's uh, circling around the Philadelphia Flyers, more so magnetized into Ivan Provorov. So it was Pride Night over in Philadelphia, and all the teams were supposed to wear Pride colors on their jerseys, go out for the warm-up, have a little skate. And it's to show, it's not to, it's, it's not like to be flamboyant or anything, but it's just to show respect that we welcome these people. You are not to be ridiculed. You're, you're, we're not going to shun you people or anything like that. It's just a simple shine, um, sign of respect to a people. It's, you know, it's, it's really, it's just such a small thing for them to do. Just put on an outfit, put on, it's, it's honestly kind of cool looking. I mean, geez. And then, of course, Provorov wouldn't wear, wouldn't take part in the warm up because it's against his religion. And like I'm not I'm not getting into religion and I don't want to get into politics and I don't want to get into all of that that argument but boil it down it's just to show a sign of respect to a people like it's it's really doesn't have to be that much bigger than that it's just this 
to show a sign of respect that these people are like you are welcome everyone should be welcome it shouldn't matter what you are what color you are how big you are how small you are it's really i just don't know why we have such an infatuation with difference and different different things scare us different things make make people uncomfortable and it's crazy because every single human being on this planet is different from each other except for like identical twins but even they have little minor differences you know but what i'm saying is stop being assholes to each other fucking doesn't matter if someone's different from you it doesn't make it a bad thing if if you know and like i'm not saying that well, I'm just not going to get into it. All I all I'm going to say is that Profrob made a silly move, and uh, it just show it just it it just brought up all this stuff, and it was just such a minor thing to do to show that much support. Like it was just such bad timing, man. Just bad timing, and and the times like the times that we live in now, like more than ever, you just got to just just be united and just be like different things it's it's cool to be it's fine to be different it's okay and and more than ever we need to show that it is okay and that we're not you're not just saying that it's okay which a lot of people are guilty of they'll just say yeah it's okay just to avoid the 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 whiplash or whatever it would be but and and then on top of that you know like i'm also disappointed in the fact that like Provorov's jersey sales like exploded because everyone's like oh there's a man that can say what he wants and stand behind his beliefs rabble 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 and it's like oh my goodness you know um so i'm just overall just disappointed and but you know not that surprised honestly not surprised it it's happened in other leagues and i'm on like a little bit surprised that it didn't happen earlier in the nhl considering it's the nhl and um yeah and and you and you see those commercials well, I'm watching the games, and it's like hockey is changing for him, for her, and all that stuff. It's like, but is it though? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not convinced. Uh, it's just a shame, man. It's truly a shame. Just be good, man. Just be good. It's, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just disappointed with the whole thing. It's just a shame. But uh, hopefully someday the world will um, smarten the fuck up and just um, just accept that being different is fine it's okay <laughs> but oh well that's too bad so let's try and move on to something a little bit better let's let's just freaking can i just gloat a little not gloat but i just want to i just want to um talk about jack hughes mr jack hughes over there in the new jersey of the devils my goodness has this kid ever arrived right has this kid ever arrived and i mean Yes, it took a little bit. It took what four years for him to arrive. No big deal. I think again. I just, I just need to say and and exaggerate that Matthews and McDavid were like anomaly anomalies. Like it's not very common or often that players come right into the league at 18 years old and start dominating the way that Matthews and McDavid did. Those are called generational talents, right? They don't come around very often. So every time a guy is selected first overall, they don't have to come into the league scoring 80 point a game right away. Jack Hughes, like pretty much since day one, his first season, people were like, oh, this kid's a bust. He sucks. It's like, oh my goodness. Like, come on like how how many times do you have to bring up joe thornton to these people selected first overall he had an atrocious first season go look back at it he had like 19 points he was terrible he wasn't terrible though but he's learning <laughs> like jesus sometimes you got to be patient and give the kids some time he's still a kid for god's sake they're still developing their brain isn't even fully developed yet so 
sometimes you got to be freaking patient with these first overall picks or even just first rounders like holy jumping but jack hughes is absolutely fucking tearing the league up right now like it's insane how good he is and i think it's still like really quiet like i still rarely hear anything about about jack hughes i barely hear anyone talking about him because i feel like it's just a lot of haters that are shut up right now because like yeah get put in your place and i mean i'll even i'll even throw uh wit uh what's his name wit the wit dog from Sp- spitting chiclets they've been talking about it for weeks because he put a ridiculous bet down that jack hughes wouldn't score 100 points in three seasons I mean, even he was like, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Mostly it came down to the injury problems, but dude, I mean, Jack Hughes is going to hit 100 points this season. He keeps this up. He has absolutely arrived. He's one of the, he's a superstar in the league right now. He is absolutely a superstar in the league. I mean, let's just look at some of his, let's just go down some of his last few games. So two goals, a goal and an assist, two assists, goal and assist, an assist, and a goal, Two assists, two goals, one assist. No points against the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, he's trash. Send him down to the Minesies. Next game, two goals, one assist. Game after that, two goals, then a goal and an assist. This guy is a mutant. He's got 33 goals and 31 assists so far this season. So, yes, Jack Hughes has absolutely arrived in this league, man. Like, come on now. Come on. So, again, if um, now... I feel like Connor Bedard's going to shut me up because it's a very, very good chance that he's going to come in and just dummy the league or at least be very effective in the league right away. That looks like to be the case. But tons of players that were drafted un- after uh, Matthews and McDavid, Hiche, Hughes. I mean, Nolan Patrick was a little bit. That's just a really sad story and unfortunate. Not his fault. He was the second overall pick. But not every first overall pick has to come into the league and dominate. Sometimes you got to wait. And sometimes teams get really, really lucky. I mean, even even look at the Oilers. Yes, they got McDavid, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he's just kind of like really like kind of becoming that first overall pick this season. Like he is destroying the season. And sometimes it takes a while. Like, And on top of that, the Oilers were terribly managed back then when they were taking all those first overall picks and fail for nail and oh geez all those days oh my goodness but i just want to shout out jack hughes because he's having an unbelievable season he's finally arrived or he's just arrived i mean it's not even finally like generally it will take guys about three years to get a grasp on this league it takes a while it takes some time and uh yeah jack hughes got his time in and now he's going to be (laughs) and he's on a great deal i mean yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna be really good for the new jersey devils and they're doing fantastic again so they 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 well they started out a little shaky then they won their big winning streak and then they started losing and now they're winning again so it's, it's all good for the new jersey devils and jack hughes seems to have hit even in another gear already this season so i'm really excited to see what this guy's gonna do in the playoffs i mean oh it could be really he's already an electric player i, I think back to when he threw the stick over the glass that was so freaking awesome so congratulations jack hughes on arriving in the nhl full-on superstar Speaking of superstars, let's just talk about the superstar, though. Connor McDavid. Do you know how many goals this man has in the in the, in the league right now? I literally, I, I was just, I was at work and I just screamed out, what? When I was so off. So I thought he had like 35, 36 goals. No, scratch that. 41 goals already. 
He's got 41 goals already. David Pasternak's not far behind. 38 goals. These guys, they're crushing it. And McDavid seriously is threatening, like, forget 60. People are, like, snorting at 60 right now, like, 60. That's nothing. That's, like, he is on such a pace right now. Like, they're looking at 70 goals right now, possibly more. And, And it looks like... McDavid's going to have an even possibly an even stronger second half to the season like the Oilers are finding it right now and with Evander Kane back in the lineup my god man who knows like uh, excuse me McDavid may just put his mark on the league and just be like I could I could score as many goals as I want to like Matthews who fucking Ovi who like I am McDavid I can do whatever the hell I want and I can't stop thinking about the comparison when cross when people were like oh crosby can't can't score goals like ovechkin can and then he goes out and gets the rocket that year he scores 50 like shut the fuck up of course he can mcdavid tries to pass it and make other players around him but this year they're just like go for it man like you want to shoot it shoot it and he has been and it shows because his, sh- his shooting percentage is almost at 20 percent that's insane that is insane <laughs> absolutely insane and the craziest thing about he's just his shot is so hard to detect it's not even the speed i think it's just downright the accuracy like stupid accurate super um what's the word i don't know he can hide a shot really really well it's really hard to detect (laughs) and he could change up the shot at like the like before you can even blink an eye so he's really showing it off man his shooting percentage like i said is at like 19 something percent like fucking incredible and his shooting his average is like 14 15 percent which is also stupid so it's always been there it's just that Connor mcdavid tends to pass and this year he's showing us he's like i can score bro like don't worry about it and um yeah dude it's looking really really good for mcdavid i think 60 is I wouldn't say easy at this point, but it's a re- I feel really strong that he's going to hit 60 goals. I think he can easily hit 65, and I'm, I'm hoping for 70 because, like I said, he's on my fantasy team. So I'm just kind of sitting back and, and enjoying the McDavid ride as he kind of drags my mediocre team to the playoffs. But holy crap, man. Like, yeah, 41 goals already at All-Star break. That's fucking bananas. I couldn't believe it. And he's I have him. It's like, it's like, I, I look at this guy's stats all the time and I was like, whoa, when did you get the 41 goals? That's insane. So Connor McDavid, oh my goodness, man. Where do you think he ends at the end of the season? How many goals do you think he's going to have? I think he's going to, I think he's going to hit, I think he's going to have 72 goals. There you go. What do you think about that? So what's up? How many goals do you think Connor McDavid is going to finish with (coughs) as I die? Okay. So like I said, the, uh, the Calgary Flames are in timeout this week. Don't want to fucking talk about them because they lost to Chicago again. So, not talking about you guys. Absolutely fucking embarrassing. Pathetic loss to the Blackhawks. I don't even care that they beat Seattle the next game. You lost to freaking Chicago. You got dummied. You got dominated by the worst team in the league. Embarrassing. Now to some good stuff. Let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs who were less so embarrassing this week. So, starting off right away. John Tavares, 1,000 NHL games. My boy versus Washington. He had a great game. Played fantastic. I got two assists, I believe, in that game. I think he's one of, what, first Leaf in like 100 years to do that. So, yes. John Tavares, 1,000 games. Congratulations. I've always loved this player. I I loved him before he got into the NHL because he played for the Oshawa Generals where I grew up in Oshawa. So I was very aware of John Tavares when he was there and I was a big, big fan of his. And uh, I I lost my shit when he finally became a Maple Leaf. So 
congratulations, JT. And I think he's got a lot more in the tank, man. I could see him getting up to, like, 1,500 games. I could see that. Like, like he may not be, like, he's not going to be that John Tavares, but he takes such good care of his body. He is already so committed and understands that at some point he's going to have to change up his game. So I could see Johnny T becoming, like, an unbelievable third line, even a fourth line center grinder or something like that. It'd play into the league until he's, like, 38, 39 years old. And... I could totally see that. So, a thousand games for JT. So happy that he's here in Toronto to do that. Nice ceremony for him that I didn't get to see because, of course, it was a blackout game. So, I, I didn't get to see the ceremony, but fuck yeah John Tavares and they crushed in that game too crushed in that game William Nylander also hit a milestone he got his 400th point versus the New York Rangers that is amazing thank I'm oh Willie is having such a good year man oh my god this I can't believe like I remember the the episode I did called it the year of Marner fuck that it is the we is the year of the Willie slapping that Willie around okay now some bad news. Austin Matthews might have heard about this. If you heard about this, he's going to be out for three weeks. Three weeks with a knee sprain, but it's okay. It's okay. This is the perfect time to take that break. It sucks, yes, that he will not be in the lineup tonight against Boston. That sucks ace because I really... We, we need him in that game, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, so, obviously, we got the All-Star break coming up. So, he's only going to miss six games in total. So... For three weeks, that's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. Normally, you'd miss like 10, 12 games, something like that. So, yeah. And on top of that, the games that they're playing after the All-Star break are easy. I think it's back-to-back Columbus. You got like... it's it's no. This is a beautiful time to take a break. And it's been... It's pretty well known that Matthews has been battling something pretty much ever since he got cross-checked by... Somebody, somebody cross-checked him earlier on in the season, and ever since then he has not been the same. So uh, he's gonna he's gonna deal with some uh, some wounds and stuff like that, and I'm totally cool with that. It's okay. We're we'll be okay. So, but it does suck. It absolutely sucks. And I noted here that the Leafs had been struggling recently with second periods, but I could pretty much throw that note out in the trash now, and um, I'll tell you why because we'll get into the games that they played this week. <clears throat> they played three games this week. First game was against the Rangers, which was a really, really nice game. They won that 3-2 to two in overtime. This was Samsonov starting in his fourth straight game. He had a fantastic... He was great. Really great game for him. Jordy Ben was in the lineup. Nice to see him out there. Uh, you know, he definitely wasn't wasn't as good as he was like the first time he got into the lineup at the beginning of the season, but very likely he's still battling stuff. Who knows? But he was in there. The Rangers were, like, dominating the face-off circle out there for the most part of the game, which was, like, surprising because, like I said earlier, the Leafs are a really good face-off team. But, yeah, the Rangers had them that night. And, oh, man, fucking Philip Cheadle, Heedle? No, it's Heedle, uh, had a hell of a game. He's been playing really, really well lately. And um, I know he's a little bit of a hot and cold player. He's part of that Young Guns line on New York with Lafreniere and uh, Kako, but... I really like Heedle, man. I think he's a really good player, and he's been picking it up lately. He had a great game against Toronto. He was really, really noticeable out there. And um, so was Keandre Miller. I mean, oh, quietly been unreal, like, the last, at least point-wise. He's been putting up a ton of points lately. I imagine he's always been playing well. I hear nothing but great things about Keandre Miller. And damn, dude, he had a really good game out there himself. But, 
Um, the guy that looked really, really good out there for the Rangers was Shesterkin. Uh, he had a little, I guess, a shaky start for Shesterkin standards at the beginning of the season, but he's uh, he's rounding in the form, man. He looked like the reigning Vesna champion out there, so yeah, he had a really good game, but uh, he just kind of got out-dueled by Samsonov, which is phenomenal. I, I love saying that. Oh, and dude, I don't know if anyone caught this, but this I was dying when I saw this. I couldn't believe this. So there's like... Uh, a bunch of kids, you know, at the glass trying to get a puck or whatever, and they throw a puck over, and then these two kids start fighting over it, and the one kid takes it, and the other kid just fucking slaps them right in the face. And I was like, whoa, are those two, like, brothers or something? And they're like, apparently not. They're not even, like, siblings. just two random kids. And a random kid just slapped him in the face. And he gets rewarded. They give him a puck. Like, oh, nice slap, kid. Here's a puck. Do it again. It's like, oh, that was, that was fucking hilarious. And, uh... The push in this game. Uh, Leafs were down. They made a really good push in the third. And uh, Lilligren comes in clutch with a huge tying goal. And then John Tavares. Oh, it would have been such a cherry on top. He nailed the post that one second left in the third period would have won the game. Oh, that would have been such a beautiful moment. That would have been insane. I imagine there would have been a dog pile celebration. Like a, like a playoff victory or something like that. It would have been nuts. Regardless, they go to overtime. But the Rangers were fucking sleeping out there marner just flies in beautiful ot winner oh buddy um so that was a really good game the not so good game was the ottawa game that was just uh just another one of those teams man i say it time and again those pesky teams that just kind of don't go away they just keep grinding you and keep coming at you that's the ottawa senators that's another team that the leafs struggle with because they just keep they don't stop they just don't give up and the Leafs don't like that they want you to give up and just stop for a minute god damn it let me fucking think <laughs> Jesus but the Ottawa Senators absolutely ran their their show in that game they won it six to two Matt Murray was supposed to be in it but he took a shot up high from Willie Nylander or something and he wasn't he's not in there everyone giving him shit but who cares like Matt Murray's struggling anyway so I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks. It kind of seemed like it really fucked with the whole kind of whatever they had planned. I think they really had a game plan with Murray in that, and it kind of all got changed up and fucked. So, I don't know, man. They got absolutely dummied. Timmy Stutzla was playing great. Brady Kachuk had a really good game out there as well. So, good game for the Sens. I mean, I I wish we could have beat them, but we didn't. But it's okay. They brought it back. They kind of squashed a lot of my my current concerns with this game against Washington. So TJ Brody was back in the lineup. Really nice to see him. And the best thing of all, Morgan Riley, baby, scores his first goal of the season. Woo! Oh my god, dude. I sellied like the Leafs won the Stanley Cup. I was so amped for Morgan Riley, dude. Like, oh, he needed that. And the relief on his face. That celebration, god, it was like the weight of the world just came off of him. And and uh, so last Saturday, the Leafs weren't playing, and they had their little skate with uh, with the kids in Toronto and stuff, and apparently the kids were chirping Morgan, like, when are you going to score a goal, man? And he totally did it. So thank you, kids, for chirping Morgan. He uh, he really needed that. He needed that. So he's going to score uh, 15 goals in the next 20 games, and he's going to be he's gonna be just fine. He's going to win a Norse. He's going to win seven Norses, and he's going he's gonna, to all this stuff. He's going to be amazing. All right. So, back to the game. The Leafs had an unbelievable second period. Really, I was like, okay, where's the second period Leafs at? And and they showed up in this game. They scored four unanswered goals in the second period in pretty damn quick fashion. They chased Kemper out of the net. 
And um, yeah, that was that's basically it. It was just not a strong game for the Caps at all. Started pretty okay for them. Like it looked like it was going to be a competitive game, and then the second period happened. And yeah, man, that was pretty much it. Leafs shut them down in the third period. And the Capitals, they they tried to make a push, but like I said, they shut them down. Then they started making mistakes. They got the fifth goal, and and that was it. It was Dunyan Rings. So it was nice to see the giraffe, Pierre Engvall, getting a goal in that game. He played pretty darn good. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big game tonight against the Boston Bruins. That'll be their last game before the All-Star break. Then they get a nice long break. So I'm rooting hard for the Leafs to win it tonight. I Am I expecting them to win? No, not really. Um... Uh, I just, you know, the Leafs have a big old track record of playing really bad on their final game before a break. There's no Matthews in in there. And, um, yeah, I would, you know, I'm not going to be surprised that they lose. I just want it to be a close competitive game. I don't want the Leafs to get blown out 5-1, 5-2 or anything like that. I just want it to be a nice competitive game. If they win, they win. I'll be super amped and happy about it. But uh, if they lose, I won't be mad. So, Let's do a quick, let's just go through, I think I'll do just one division this week. We'll keep it light because next week should be a pretty light week. It's just going to, there's going to be no hockey to talk, no actual games going on next week. So I'll save three division gradings for next week and we'll do one this week. But which division should we do? Should we just do the Atlantic and get her done with? Or should I just do a random one uh, like the Pacific I think I want to do the Pacific because they're they're a little bit more interesting. So let's start. So how I want to do this grading system? Obviously, it's gonna I'm gonna be grading them like school children in school with the uh, the A's, the B's, the C's, and I'll debate if I want to put in pluses or minuses. More than likely, will because I like that shit. So. What I'm going to be judging them on and how I'm going to be grading them is basically on their expectations coming into the season and how they've adapted to changes if that is going not their way. Have they done a good job if all of a sudden they thought they were going to be competitive and now they're not? Are they doing the right things to to fix that? So let's start with the Seattle Kraken. They've had, I mean, Jesus, man, they're just kind of the anomaly this year. They're, uh, no, I don't think anybody saw this coming, myself included. Have no idea how they're winning games with Martin Jones, even though he's playing not good, really. Arguably, he does not have a good save percentage. But I can't help but give the Seattle Kraken a... Hmm. An A. I'm going to give him an A with uh, the nice additions kind of over on the on the offseason their expectations coming in were extremely low so they're smashing their expectations uh whether it's good for their organization or not i feel like they've gotten some pretty good draft picks i mean maddie Beniers playing excellent this year he looks like he's going to be a very effective two-way player for for the long run for them so that seems to be a banger of a pick for them uh offensively they've been horrifying this year they've been just destroying offensively i will not expect this to continue into next season i think this is just kind of a a little bit of an anomaly with a lot of guys uh shooting above their pay grade a lot of maybe a bit of luck coming in on their end maybe taking a lot of teams by surprise but yeah i don't think anyone really even had them making playoffs and here they are sitting first place in the pacific so as long as they can keep that goal, I would give them an A plus if they went out and maybe addressed that goaltending situation and maybe even added a little bit more depth because uh, they have the room to do stuff. Like they have some cap space, they got some assets, but uh, I don't know if it would be necessarily the right move to do it. Maybe this year is just kind of playing with house money. Like, oh, this is kind of a unexpectedly fun run. You're going to get some good playoff experience. 
you know, knock on wood that they make it there. Looks looks really good for them right now, or at least good. Good chance they'll make it and stay in there. But um, yeah, if they got maybe an upgrade in goaltending, I know Grubauer has been playing decently lately and I kind of almost threw up in my mouth saying that out loud but yeah he hasn't been playing terribly lately we'll see how long that can keep up but I definitely there's still definitely question marks against Seattle and their goaltending but so far so good and I can't help but give them an A for how they've done so far just smashing expectations the LA Kings currently in second place in the Pacific. Ah, man, I'm uh, I mean they brought in Fiala. That was fantastic. That was really really good. And I think other additions, I don't I don't recall if they brought him in just this past season, but Arvidsson looks like he's been really solid in there. Sean Dersey has been really solid, so that trades worked out pretty good in their favor you're looking at jack campbell maybe they would have liked to had him right now but who knows how good like jack campbell's kind of been horrible but he's been bringing it back together lately so eh. uh but with i don't know man they're so weird right like they're the only team that i think right now is in a playoff spot that has a negative goal differential they're at minus 10 so again they're kind of similar to seattle but without the really good goal scoring their goaltending is horrible and continues to be horrible and they are winning somehow so i don't know they had some pretty good expectations coming in so i'm just gonna kind of go with a nice c plus uh, i think they're they're doing something right that they're winning games even though their goaltending is shit but they need to address that i mean phoenix copley i think is a band-aid that is not a a, a person that i think you want to confidently go into the playoffs with so they definitely got to look into doing something there if they can uh it's tough because like jonathan quick could still be really effective in the playoffs he's shown to have a really strong track record there so it's going to be interesting to see what the kings are able to do at the deadline so for now i'm going to give them a c plus now we got the vegas golden knights currently holding on to third place for now we'll see how much longer they're able to hold on to that because they've been struggling so <clears throat> they obviously they got jack eichel in there and he's doing okay pretty decent uh they're definitely dealing with a lot of injury problems right now uh goaltending has been started really good now it's starting to get a little bit shaky so the team is really starting to shake rattle and roll a little bit things are semi falling apart for the vegas golden knights right now kind of been struggling but yeah i don't know man it's gonna be tough uh they got a lot of teams nipping at them so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of a road for them but uh i don't know man i think considering with all their injuries they've done okay in the fact that they lost robin leonard and they they've done well enough with logan thompson that's pretty good but Hmm, the trade away patch ready for nothing. I feel like a lot of teams are just going to end up getting C's here, but I'll go with a C minus for Vegas because uh, they just, I don't know, there was really big expectations right there and uh, with, with Eichel coming in and it's a really big blow that they lost Mark Stone. That's clearly done a lot of damage to them. So we'll see, man. I mean, Vegas, you can't really count out Vegas just yet. They they may still have a, a ace up their sleeve. Maybe there's a big trade coming in. Who knows? But I think in the long run, a lot of those big trades that they made really hasn't done them a lot of favors in the long run. You know, you're looking at Nick Suzuki over there and yeah, maybe some players you shouldn't have got rid of. Like Marc-Andre Fleury kind of started the whole ball uh, rolling downward and not in their favor. So, yeah, Vegas for now, I'll give a C-. minus.
Edmonton Oilers. So they've been doing well lately, and their signing of Jack Campbell really hasn't been really hasn't started really well, but he's been winning a lot lately. So I mean, Jack Campbell's been putting up the wins. Let's just see if I can pull him up here really quick and just see. Uh, we'll pull up this. Uh, just want to throw out there. I have one of the best fantasy team names of all time. Uh, I have acquired Victor Hedman on my team, so my team name is Getting Some Headman. There you go. You can just run. You can run with that if you like. Okay. So Jack Campbell. There he is. He's been doing well lately. So one, two, three, four, five, six wins in a row. Uh, the shot, yeah, he's been doing well, man. Not bad. Two goals against, one, three, two, three, three. So, yeah, you know, eh, but it's definitely, he's winning now. So that's huge. You know, you got winning is arguably the most important thing for a goalie to do. Look at fucking Martin Jones over there. He's, he's doing terribly, but he's winning. So people aren't really going all that crazy about him. The problem with Jack Campbell was he was playing terribly and losing. But now he's winning and playing not bad. So, you know, everyone kind of looked at that and figured that it wasn't going to be a very good signing. And so far, yeah, it hasn't. I wouldn't say it was good, but it was definitely like they needed to do something. But everyone, it was kind of red flagged already. I mean, Toronto let him go and brought in Matt Murray over him. So maybe that was red flag, flag sign number one. But regardless, they brought him in. They had Vander Kane started out kind of it was good with him then he had the injury they struggled throughout and i mean they still haven't been able to figure out cool yarvi yamamoto hasn't really taken another step nugent hopkins has been unbelievable this year zach hyman has just whoa, oh my goodness like i knew we all knew zach hyman was great but wow he has been unbelievable this year and of course mcdavid has just gone beyond super saiyan dry has been unbelievable Stuart Skinner's been pretty good, and, you know, Darnell Nurse, I mean, that signing was, oh, man, I, I, I grimaced when I saw that that amount of money for Darnell Nurse. I was like, no, 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 like, he's not, he's, he's good, but he's not, like, oh, that was just way too much money for Darnell Nurse, but he's still a good defenseman, but, yeah, that contract really hurts. Uh, Tyson Berry's been decent, so, I don't know, man, I think with the, um, the team that they have, which, you know, isn't all that great overall. They got two of the best players in the league on it, which really, really helps them. I'll give them a B minus or a B. I'll give them a B minus. I'll go B minus because they are technically still, I think they're, are they in a playoff spot right now? Uh, Well, not in the Pacific. Hold on. Let's go look at standings. Look at the wild card here. Boom, boom. All right. Are they in there? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, they're in. They're in there right now. They're in there. It's okay. Okay, yeah. So I'll give. I'll give them a B minus. I'm. I'm good with that. I think their uh, their defense is still questionable, and the goaltending still has a lot of question marks around it. And I don't know how. Like, if if Soupy like Soupy has played really good in the playoffs. So, I mean, he played really good for Toronto in the playoffs. Even though, uh, yes, they lost, but. I think that Jack Campbell played better than Carey Price did in that series, and he played right up there with Vasilevsky. I say he was beating Vasilevsky, so if they can get that Jack Campbell in the playoffs, they can do some serious damage, and um, if Stuart Skinner can get them there, and Campbell can keep getting the wins that he's been getting, then yeah, it looks like Edmonton should be fine to make a strong second-half push for the playoffs. Got a healthy Vander Kane, so yeah, I'm feeling good about the Edmonton Oilers. Now a team that I've put in timeout this week, and I don't feel so good about, the Calgary Flames. So, 
This team came into this season with a lot of expectations. I feel like the bar was set quite high for them. They did excellent last year. Markstrom was amazing for them. Uh, yes, they lost Kachuk and Huberdeau, so two of their top three players are gone, but they bring in Uyghur, Huberdeau, and Nazem Kadri. So with those additions, I think that I would say you're pretty much pretty much washed out what you lost and you brought in enough stuff back to at least minimize that damage with all those players going. I came in with the expectation that there were prop there was going to be an adjustment period for sure, an absolute adjustment period. But what infuriates me with this season is, I mean, the inconsistency, a they have been a just very mediocre like just mediocre as hell win one lose one win two lose two like i fucking hate those kind of teams because they're the hardest to judge and honestly they're probably the hardest to judge from a management perspective because you're like fuck they look good for these two games and then that game they look fucking terrible so that's what's really infuriating me with the flames like at, at some games they look like bottom feeders and they should be in the fucking draft lottery then other games they look like okay this could be an, a contender like on paper you look at that team you look at that defensive core you're looking at markstrom and vladar you got the Daryl Sutter system. This should be a defensive, like, really not a fun team to play against. But so far in the offseason, they've been kind of dog shit or just very underwhelming dog shit. And, yeah, I don't know if it, if they need a change in coaching I because that's kind of what it leads to when so many things are just underperforming, like offensively underperforming, defensively hasn't been there, specialty teams has not been there, and Markstrom especially has been, like, way underperforming. And I was disappointed in the fact that they weren't playing Vladar enough, and now he's playing, and he's winning. So if they just played him a little bit more back then, they might have been in, in a better situation. They have been struggling immensely in overtime. They have a ton of overtime losses, and if they could have just cashed in on half of those they'd be in a great situation right now so i'm infuriated with the flames uh honestly that's they've just been really really disappointing so i'm gonna give them a i mean expectation really high i think i don't i, don't, I think a d plus would be too harsh so i'm gonna go with a c minus on the flames uh there's still time for them to turn it around i mean Lindholm started out really cold and he's been fantastic uh since he's he's been really good for quite a while now Kadri's been solid started out hot kind of cooled off and now it's kind of like settled into to what I expected him to be and never expected him to do what he did in Colorado and, and Calgary that was just kind of never on the table in my opinion but I I expected him to fit in nicely and he's definitely fit in uh much nicer uh faster at least than Huberto has and yeah Huberto can't can't say he hasn't been a disappointment he's been a disappointment so and they did the 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 extensions of Uyghur and Huberdeau. And honestly, I think Uyghur's been a little bit disappointing. He has not put up really any offensive numbers, barely at all. He's been very, very cold. I, and again, I haven't been able to watch a lot of him just like individually playing defensively. So I, I can't say if he's been really effective defensively. I know they, they're down Shillington. He's a really important player. Brandon Tanev has been kind of in and out of the lineup, and he's arguably their best defenseman. So yeah, honestly, I think it just comes down to a lot of disappointment. And it's kind of a shitty pattern that the, that the Flames have is that they... They, they, they're better underdogs. They're always better underdogs. So 
this year they kind of came in as top dogs like they're they're tops in the and one of the better teams in the west last year yes they got fucking pulverized by edmonton in the, in the playoffs and honestly i think that did a lot of mental damage to the team did a lot of damage to kind of get exposed in that fashion because it was bad it was really it was a really bad series for the for the flames so yeah man i'll, I'll stick with the c minus they they could turn it around they could still very like uh, odds are they i think last time i checked it was like 85 percent chance of them making playoffs and oh man you gotta you gotta bank that markstrom finds some form of his game because it's oh man they need him to find it somehow because like even though vladar is getting wins he's not necessarily putting up the best save percentages so yeah right now they just need wins desperately so i personally am very very disappointed um honestly it it was like i knew it was going to be a tough season but i didn't expect it to be like this mediocre and this kind of just up and down win lose win lose i just really don't like that they're dying they're dying for a streak like if you could just get a six game win streak that would really 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 help out and uh yeah so i'll go with a c minus for them vancouver canucks okay so they're going to get a bonus for sure for trading away horvat because that i feel like that's just the good the right thing to do uh the re-signing of kuzmenko i think that's fine not necessarily what i probably would have tried to trade him for like a a, a roster player and a pro like a prospect and a pick or a first something like that maybe that's just not out there that's why they re-signed him and that's something they can explore to trade in the offseason or next year uh, looks good i mean he's still he's got good value still even on that contract the short deal so uh i'm fine with that trading away boharvat was was smart in my opinion yes it definitely hurts hard pill to swallow absolutely understandable jt miller re-signing was stupid as hell so they're gonna lose points for that and uh demko just uh you know he's just having a nightmare season they're they're you know it really really hurts them their defense is weak i mean it's really weak oliver ekman larson is is just not not worth anywhere near the amount of money that they're paying him tyler myas is arguably an ahl defenseman quinn hughes is arguably the best defenseman that vancouver canucks as an organization has ever seen and um yeah man they got some really nice pieces there still i think i don't like i think Pedersen's still really really good he's having a great season jt miller is horrific off uh defensively but offensively he's um you know definitely not doing as good as he did last year but he's still a pretty solid offensive player he can put up points and uh yeah it's kind of hard to say that it's been anything but disappointing i mean the whole bruce boudreau thing was just a disgrace so i'm gonna give the canucks a d uh expectations were pretty good i i had them going to make the playoffs because i thought bruce really had it and then the whole fucking rutherford thing so that's just put a stank on the whole season kind of blew the whole season and i think if they could have just focused and and kept up that momentum that they had last year they'd be easily in the playoffs right now like the division has been weak this year and the west as a whole has been weak so they had a really good chance to do it so if if now they go from this point on actually no well no i'll stick with the d plus we'll give them a d plus because they did trade bohorvat so that was a smart move i thought so i'll give them a d plus 
but they can change that. They can increase that grade if they make some other smart moves, make some better, some smart additions, and get some extra draft picks if they can. See if they can move Bullhorb or um, Brock Bester. They already move Horvat. And if they if they can move an Ekman Larson and or Tyler Myers, I will bring them up to like a B plus. If they can move one of one of or two of the unmovable contracts in that organization, they'll get a massive boost. They'll get a massive boost. So. If they start to uh, throw their hat into the full tank mode, which it appears that they're starting to do, things will get better. But as it is right now, they came in as, as I would say, a playoff team. I, I had them making playoffs, so I'm disappointed. Kind of the way that the organization has handled this whole thing is really taking their grade down because... I feel like with all that drama on the outside, it's really fucked the team up. So, yeah, D-plus for the Vancouver Canucks. Not good. Not good at all. Now, who's next? Who's next? I lost my thing. Uh, San Jose. Okay, so they're interesting. Uh, they're terrible. Done really, been a really bad team. And um, they really haven't committed to any form of rebuild or tool. They still believe that they're an amazing team. Um yeah, man. I mean, it's nice to see Eric Carlson finding his game. That that's great. Uh, I don't know, man. It's really they. I didn't have any expectations for them, and I just think organizationally, uh, they're not doing a good job at at kind of realizing where they're at in in their organization. Like they should absolutely be selling off some assets here. They haven't gotten rid of Timo Meyer yet. If they move him, that could really help i think they can get a pretty decent package out of him and i would love that the leafs could maybe acquire a timo meyer uh, just, mm, that would be nice but i just think that would be a lot um yeah man i think there's more things that they could do if there, there's more people that they can trade the sadly i mean like their new gm he's got a really hard job right now but he's done okay who did he move he moved someone but i can't fucking remember who Oh yeah, you got rid of Brett Burns, so that was really good, and um, so yeah, they can get they can get a bonus for that. That was a good move. So maybe a C, C minus C, something like that for the San Jose Sharks. Like, I don't think anyone really had them other than their owners, maybe who maybe are just being optimistic. Maybe behind the scenes, they're like, "Ooh, we know things aren't good, but like, how are you going to move Vlasic? How you, it's really difficult to move Carlson." So, I mean, if they could move, again, similar to Vancouver, if they can move some of the unmovable contracts on that team, if they can move a Carlson, if they move a Vlasic somehow, if they could trade away Logan Couture or something like that. It's not that Logan Couture is a bad player. It's just like, why is he here? He's like, he's just kind of preventing our team from being really, really bad. So if they can move some of those guys, they'll get a huge bonus. But I think for now, C, C minus, something like that. Just eh. They could be doing so much more right now with this organization, that team. There's there's some stuff that they should be moving. And Timo Meyer should be number one on that list. Okay. And last but certainly least is the Anaheim Ducks. So they kind of knew that they're going to be rebuilding and they're doing a decent job. They're sucking pretty hard. You know, Trevor, oh, the Trevor Zegras thing that went down this week. I guess I can kind of talk about that it really hasn't become anything you know it, it sounded like uh people thought that trevor zegris said some really terrible things to troy stetcher about his father who passed away and uh so far it's come out that he didn't he said something terrible but he didn't say that so i mean hockey's hockey like it's well known that those guys say some really fucked up shit down there it's a very competitive fierce game so you know if i was a player i would you know I, if i was a coach or something like that i would 
you know, kind of tell them like, Hey, don't take everything or don't take barely anything that guys down there say they're in a different mindset. So, you know, don't take everything to heart. And yeah, I don't know. It was a gross situation, but it is what it is. So yeah. Uh, so anyway, the Anaheim, Anaheim ducks. Um, I mean, them signing Klingberg was really strange if uh, they haven't been able to move him yet, but if that, if, I believe that that appears to be what the whole plan was signing him to one year. I think the whole plan the whole time was to move and move him and uh, get some assets for him. So that would be good. Um, it's too bad that I think they waited too long on John Gibson. They should have traded him a couple of seasons ago. And now I think he's just, I think he's just worn down, man. He, I think he would need like a year off to just kind of like heal the bruises and try and heal mentally with just getting shelled in net for the last like six years or whatever. But yeah, I think maybe they missed the boat on John Gibson. You're probably never going to get a good package for him. Uh, I think it was a good move that they moved Lynn home, but I mean, God damn, it was a good move for Boston too, to pick him up. Cause he's been fantastic. Uh, I think they're doing what they need to do, man. So I'm, I'm just going to give them like a C plus or a B minus because they're, they're do what they, they know what they are. They know that they're bad and it's going to be bad for a little bit and they're losing. So that helps. I mean, their young guys are, I mean, Troy Terry's still playing pretty decent and Trevor Zegris is still putting up highlight real goals. Cam Fowler's still putting up some pretty decent points over there. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not much more to say about them other than that, yeah, they're sucking and they're supposed to suck, so that's good. So I'll give them a B- for doing a good job at tanking. So there you go. That is that division. What, the Pacific? Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, the Pacific. So there you go. If you disagree and or agree with me, you can hit me up on Twitter or you can send me an email. All that link, link stuff is down there below. And I think that is going to be it for me and today's show. So next week will be, uh, I'll do the rest of the gradings as far as I know, because it should be a light week. I'm going to watch the Leaf game tonight. I hope we can win against Boston. It should be a really fun. I'm hoping it will be a fun game. I'm kind of expecting it not to be that awesome because it is the last game before the break. So I'm kind of hoping with that mentality, they're like, oh, we're going to have 10 days off. Like, let's just go fucking balls out against Boston, try and get the win. But I don't know, with that old Leafs mentality where it's kind of like, eh, fuck it. We don't, it doesn't matter. But honestly, this game kind of does matter. Like, I know that the Leafs are already basically playing Tampa. That's like basically it. We're going to play Tampa again in the first round unless a miracle happens where Boston just falls off the map and the Leafs take off. But doesn't look like that's in the cards so Leafs versus Tampa maybe we'll discuss that next week but there you go everybody that is the show for this week enjoy the game tonight and uh, Calgary Flames smarten the fuck up you'll be at a timeout next week maybe but um, right now I'm really mad at you and I'm pointing at my Calgary Flames jersey because I can't wear it right now because I'm mad at them we're 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 totally fighting right now we're 100% in a fight and we're not talking right now we're not talking right now okay there you go so Enjoy your weeks, everybody. I know it's only Wednesday, but you're so close to the weekend. We are getting there, baby. And it's going to be okay. Once we get to the weekend, you're going to get a wrestling recap. You can go back on Monday. I talked about a really special indie game that I think everybody should go check out. So go over there, pop over, and listen to my inscription episode. It's a game. I Trust me. Just check that game out. I just beat it the other day. Fucking blown away. Loved every minute of it. So highly recommend it. Go over there. Listen to that. That was the... Monday's episode. Today is Wednesday, so that's this. And then Friday will be the recap. Monday, another gaming episode. So there you go. There was also the Royal Rumble was this past weekend, so I did a review on that. So there's a bonus episode over there for you as well. 
And on the YouTube channel front, uh, we're just I'm going to be finishing up Until Dawn really soon. It's just about done. Uh, some Witcher videos were going up, and I'm in the process of recording my next uh, Let's Play over there for the YouTube channel. It's going to be The Wolf Among Us, and that will be debuting this weekend on Double Upload Saturday. So you're going to get two episodes of a new Let's play on Saturday, so you can go over on the YouTube channel, Gamer GX Videos, or you can follow the link down below. It'll take you right there. You can subscribe. Tons of videos over there. I throw up videos every other day. You get two videos on Saturday, so five episode, five videos a week. Pretty good. You get three to four episodes of podcast a week. So there you go. Giving you a lot of content right there. I hope it's good. I hope it's decent content. I hope it's just not a whole bunch of shit content. But if it's shit, let me know. God damn, then I'll just. I'll step it up. Good Lord. All right, everybody. You take it easy. We'll talk again on the weekend with the wrestling recap show. And go Leafs go. As always, we better dominate the Bruins tonight. And I hope Brad Marchand falls on his nose and he breaks it.